Like we've we've gone backwards. That wasn't as good as normal. There's gonna be somebody one day that skips through every episode and just listens to this front part, and they're gonna average out how many times we've potentially done okay and potentially not done okay with that song. And I think it's gonna be overwhelmingly me fucking it up up top. Yeah, but I think also too we're going to then need to purchase that person a life. I don't want anyone to have that much time on their hands. <laughs> yeah, do it. Yes, that'd be great. I'd love the data, but also it makes me sad that you have time to do that. Um, this is episode thirty-three. We got woke again today, which so excited to have them. I'm super stoked to have them. I love these ladies. They're amazing and perfect. And we've got, so we're on Comedy Hub right now, streaming. We've got MSW Media in the house. We're just pulling in partners from all over from the all place. all over the place. I'm Frankie French. And I'm Stephen Campbell. And you're listening to The Nonprofit. The Nonprofits. Boom. What's good you're, with you, Frankie? Um, a lots of cool stuff. I just signed on to do an indie movie. What does that is, mean? It's an independently produced film it's a short um i'm pretty excited uh, so this actually came through lulu oh, so shit. yeah one of the young ladies that works there she and her husband um they produce indie movies and they've been um uh, reviewed by like variety and all these other major like media networks and after our show that we did with them um actually a little while after the show they hit me up like hey we'd love to have you on board for this indie project. And they sent me the script and it's amazing. And so we're shooting at the end of this month in New York. I'm pretty excited. How, uh, how much of it can you like, what is the film about? Um, I don't know if I should say anything about, cause we haven't shot anything yet. And I think they probably want it to be more of a surprise. So maybe I shouldn't say anything, but it's, I, I think I can at a on a high level. It's about a relationship between this brother and sister in new york okay it's kind of what it's about similar but but different um i ate a whole pot of soup this morning <laughs> i mean that's basically the same thing that i was just saying <laughs> well, yeah well and, and it's i can right on task the way mine is different is i can tell you everything about the soup without any issues at all because no I confidentiality that, issues no there was no nda signed when i ate the soup when i made the soup it was a chicken tortilla joint, but I didn't put oh. the tortilla in. Well, right. right. You got to put it in per, per bowl. Yeah. The, yeah. But when you eat a whole pot of it for breakfast, and let's be clear, I meal prepped last night and made a whole week's worth of soup, and I ate it all for breakfast this morning. That's not... <laughs> that's actually... The opposite of the purpose of meal... Meal prep is so that you go, oh, okay... I have seven days. I need to eat food for seven days. Or let's just say you're prepping for three days, whatever the day, amount of days are. And then you take meals and you portion them out right. for yourself for X amount of days. 
I prepped breakfast for the next day is what, is what I did. Right. Because I sometimes people will make like a lasagna and they'll freeze half of it and they can pull out parts of it and they've prepped multiple meals. Um, I ate a whole pot of chicken tortilla soup for breakfast and it's like a massive pot. Like the fact that my stomach was able to expand to encapsulate everything that was in the pot. I'm is- very upset about this. So is this like a stew pot? Is this what we're talking about? Like a cauldron? Uh, cauldron. It would. I think I ate a half gallon of soup this morning. <laughs> Steven, that's a lot. You're going to, you are going to expect the trots. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but you're going to have the trots. I have no shows tonight. It is a Monday, and I, I meal prepped myself by not having anything to do after eating a half gallon of chicken tortilla soup. I'm hoping that your next meal prep will be a fast, <laughs> <laughs> like a little 10-dayer, like maybe like a three- to five-dayer fast, because that sounds... You know, when, you know yeah, when I don't think it's like a pint of Ben and Jerry's and you're like, well, if I were to just leave this small amount of ice cream in the freezer, that would feel like quitting. And also, what am I doing to future Steven to give him only three bites of Ben and Jerry's ice cream? That's what I did with a half gallon of soup this morning. Yeah, I don't typically eat a pint of ice cream either, though. I'll take a couple oh. of scoops out. Um, nom, 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 nom. Put it back. Now, Bootsy, that's your Huckleberry. They are very suspect. When I see them grab a pint of ice cream and then, like, slink back into their room, I'm like, no, 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 no. I have to knock on the door. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, don't. You're going to eat that whole pint. No, I'm not. And then next thing I know, there's this shit-eating grin and the pint's empty. Well, it's just that there's a threshold with Ben & Jerry's that once you've gotten past this certain amount – there's no reason to put that back in the fridge because that's just not enough. And, but my threshold's so small. Like if I take a scoop of Ben and Jerry's, I'm like, You're like okay. I should finish this. <laughs> two scoops is, but my scoops are never small. So two scoops, I'm already past that threshold. And I'm just like, fuck am I doing? I, I might as well just finish this. Also, your palate is trash. We're not, a, I, mean, I mean, I love Ben and Jerry's politics. Love them. Fantastic. But we're a haagen household, so you need to get your, your palate together. Okay. I know that we have said some inflammatory things on this podcast, <laughs> but you're going to really fucking piss people off with that if you don't backtrack right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a half gay black woman in America, so I apologize for nothing. haagen is the bomb. It's extra creamy and delicious. Do they have some like horrible secrets in their background that I don't know about? haagen I mean... It's, well, it is German, probably. It sounds like the 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 print and the design makes it look like it's been around for a long time. Hagen Dazs makes me think that it's German and been around for if a long the, time. Yeah, there's German, there's some bad shit in their past. Less than a hundred years ago, then do you know that Fanta soda is is Nazi soda? Did we talk about this? I think we did talk about it, and I think I have not drinking drank a Fanta (laughs) since. But yeah, I think we break it down again. I can't remember. So Coca-Cola wanted to sell into Nazi Germany, but everybody was like, hey, we're not big fans of Nazi Germany, so we'd rather you didn't. They were like, you're right. Coca-Cola should not. We will create a whole nother company called Fanta, and we will sell that in Nazi Germany. 
and Fanta was the soda of Nazi Germany. Think about, oh. think about these dudes in SS uniforms just drinking orange soda. That's it. But Fanta was the soda of Nazi Germany. And I just, I have to think that Hagen dazs they, they made Fanta floats with Hagen dazs as well. Um, that's probably accurate. I'm not going to research it because I want to be ignorant right now because I have a couple of pints in my freezer. Once I've eaten those, I'll do some research and see what we're working with. <laughs> if you need me to get there so that you can eat those pints faster, and I will help. Um, absolutely. Is this a new microphone you have? No, it's just typically on a tripod. Oh, I see you're holding a different. Ooh, okay. Oh, Hagen dazs was created in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Woohoo! Hagen dazs is safe, bitches. It was created in Brooklyn in 1980. Bow, 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 bow. 1960, but also. Oh, uh, uh, sorry, my glasses aren't fully clean. So 1960, but regardless, still probably a little bit racist, but <laughs> not yeah, the real, real bad one. <laughs> Today's show has been brought to you by Hagen dazs or Ben and Jerry's, whoever will sponsor us. Not first. Fanta. No, thank Not you. Fanta. We don't want a Fanta. Is it, I don't, is it Fanta or Fanta? I don't, well, so I don't know, because in Southern California, growing up, all of the ads were very Latin-centric. They, uh, they, it, was, it was all very Latin-centric. And so, like, there was one ad that everybody is dressed in, like, like some flamenco joints, like, where, but they're all, like, orange, purple, yellow, and they're mm -hmm. all dancing to represent different flavors of Fanta, but it's all like beautiful Latina ladies and, and they just dance and they go, Wanta, Fanta, don't you want to, Wanta, Fanta, don't you Oh, I think they were just rhyming it with Wanta, but I I'm pretty sure it's Fanta. Wait, you can't be the company and not pronounce it correctly. Yeah, you can. Oh, okay, never mind. I take that back. You absolutely can. Wanta, wanta, because I couldn't say wanta, 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 fanta. That's yeah. not, that doesn't, that doesn't work. That was the Midwest version of the commercial. Wanta, 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 fanta. <laughs> we wanta, fanta. Wanta, fanta. Okay, all right. Um, um, can someone out there listening, you guys are in the comments, can you find out if it's fanta or fanta? Oh, do you want Fanta or something? I would say Fanta. Okay, um, J.D. Smith, go blow yourself because I disagree with you. No, um, well, hey, <laughs> now, now stop blowing yourself because I don't disagree with you. <laughs> Take that cock right out your mouth. All right, I'm going to need to Google. I'm going to need to figure this out. Oh, you know what? I'll just Google Fanta and then tap on the pronunciation. Today's... Programming yeah, also brought to you by Google. All right. If you have okay, something we, to look at. Here we go. This is the, the here we go. I'm going to press this button and this is going to tell us. And then tap on the oh, whoops. Sorry. Wait, you just recorded yourself saying No, no that was. <laughs> <laughs> no, ding dong. That was me on Comedy Hub. So oh, now, got it. Yeah, now I'm off Comedy Hub. So here we go. Let's listen. Oh, whoops. Fanta. Fuck yeah, Google. <laughs> Fanta. Okay, fine. It's Fanta, and still it's stupid. <laughs> yeah, I don't I think I don't think it's it's a big deal the way that you pronounce it as long as you know that whatever you're drinking supported Nazi Germany uh, during during the, the, the 
thing. So they yeah. deserve a stupid name. So yeah, well, there's a lot. Um, Hugo Boss developed all of the SS uniforms. Well, Hugo uh, Boss is trash anyway. Is that like all the way across? I mean, just like even not knowing that Hugo Boss style, like their designs, trash. Yeah. So good. I'm glad they have that connection. Let's cancel Hugo Boss next. Let's yeah. Let's reach back. Um, there was there was a bunch. Okay. Well, never mind. We don't need to talk about Nazi Germany. Um, what else do you have going on right now? I feel like there's still. There's- oh, I'm working on my manifestations now. Ooh, so- tell me, what does that look like for you? Well, so I used to, (laughs) I know every people watching, if you're not, if this is something you're not into or you don't believe in, I get it. That's cool. But you are not living your best life. Like manifesting is very real. Um, At least it is for me. So I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but it, it works as simple as, so I was trying to, I'll give you an example. And this is an extreme example. And when I tell you this story, you're probably going to be like, that did not happen. But it 100% happened verbatim as I'm going to tell it. So I was, in, I was in LA hanging out with my friend Virgil. And we're hanging out on the steps on his stoop. And I'm telling him about manifesting, right? And he's just like, well, what, like, what do you mean? Like, how, what do you mean you can manifest anything you want? I'm like, anything. Like, anything that your brain can conjure for your life, anything, as long as it's not harmful and it's positive um, and, and with good intentions, it, you can draw it to you. And he's like, like what? I'm like, well, you can be as specific as you want or as vague as you want. The more specific you are, the more in line with what your true desires are, the results will be. Does that make sense? Mm. And I said, I said, for example, I could manifest tw- a dozen donuts on a silver platter right now. You know, if that's something that I, I really wanted. And so we, we talk for about another like 20, 30 minutes. And I kid you not, I swear to God, our downstairs neighbor comes out with a literal silver platter <laughs> with a dozen donuts on it. And she's like, hey, guys, I got these for my family. We can't eat anymore. Would you like, would you like them? And Virgil yeah, yeah. got up and just like, ran off i didn't see verge for probably like two days he's like that's really creepy but you know manifesting is it's to that effect but not always to that extreme that was just like in my opinion that was the universe really just trying to show him like hey this is a real thing and this is how it works but i got this book and uh properly titled master plans right so this is my new journal. I just learned about the three six nine method. So damn, you'll um, find baby suck it, talk, suck it to me one more time. Get low, get low, get low. No, that's not at all. Yeah, uh, that's zero percent what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> but um, so the way the three six nine method works is that you in the morning you whatever your manifestation is, you have to write it in the positive. So let's say. Um, I want to be in a Broadway play, okay? Mm. And I and I so my my mantra for that particular thing could be something like, "I'm so grateful to the universe for putting me in this Broadway play. It's brought a lot of success and nurturing for my career." Oh, so you say it as if it's already happened? As if that's how I do it. As if it's already happened. Understood. Speaking okay. it out in the positive. So the three six nine method, you you write it out three times in the morning, six times in the afternoon, and then nine times in the evening. 
Um, the number three, I think, connects you to the universe. The number six connects you to the power within you. Hold on, let me just let me double double look because I, I want to make sure that I'm. Can I ask that level. journal that you just showed? Is it formatted a certain way, or is it just like? It's just a journal with lined with lines. Yeah, just college roll lines. Yeah, it's not <clears throat> set up for anything other than whatever it is that I want to put in it. Okay. Yeah, so I just started using it today, um, and we're gonna see we're gonna see how it goes. And I'll so, let you know as they come true. I'll let you know. Uh, okay, so I know you, you've huh? been doing this in a bunch of different ways. Don't you also do it through some sort of visualization meditation at night? I do. That's what I. That's what I've been doing for the last on and off for the last like three years, two years, two or three years, and it has worked pretty well so far. Like with crazy stuff that. But then I'll always, like, once I get the thing, I won't follow through with the rest of my manifesting, if that makes sense. And so things will happen, and not fizzle out, but they just don't go quite as according to plan because I don't stay on it. So this book, in my mind, is going to keep me on track and help me to, to stay on it. But so the way the 369 method works is like this. Number three is a direct link to the universe. Um, the number six represents the strength we have within ourselves. And the number nine helps to release feelings of negativity. So you always want to, you always have to be clear of like intention and like clear of negative thoughts when you're manifesting. Yeah, because if not, just as easily as you can draw positive positivity to you, you can also draw negativity. So I've been also careful about content that I'm consuming. Like I stopped watching so much murder mysteries and try to stay, cause that's all I would watch is just like constant, right. you know, ID discovery channel. And I've gotten away from that and I stay more with um, like comedies or I listen to a lot of music now or I read more. Um, and I just try to stay away from anything that can alter my, my train of thought. Yeah. I, I, recently I've got back to only consuming stuff that I'm like something that I would like to emulate, recreate type thing, or yeah. just something that the thought process or that person's brain is kind of like, Ooh, like I, you can pull ideas from comedy, like comedic ideas from any genre, but like, mm -hmm. just that I'm like, I like the way this person's brain works and I will watch everything that they are doing and see that mine's more of a, like, it's not manifestation as much as it is like, these are the goals. Mm -hmm. These are the big projects that need to be uh, completed for these goals to be met. These are the small tasks that need to be hit before I can get to those goals, which need to be. So like every week I'll say like, these are the big projects. These are the, you know, big business projects, big writing projects. Um, and then just kind of uh, miscellaneous tasks that help me get to, this goal. So that's like, that's goal setting, which is also important, but manifest manifesting is a little different. Um, yes, you need goal. Like you, of course you need your big goal and then how to outline, how to track towards that goal. But manifesting is more like, like I want to do my special. Like I have two specials that I want to do and I know exactly who I want to do it with. So my first mantra is I'm grateful to the universe for this person coming into my life and producing my comedy special. Do you, do you want to manifest it on Twitch? 
No, 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 no. Uh, only because you, that can be dangerous, in my opinion, publicly sharing your um, your goals because people, for either intentionally or not, can work against your manifestations. And so I don't tend to, sh that's why I'm not even sharing it in this conversation, like, you know, even flippantly, I'm just giving you an example of, you know, yeah. how you can set it up for yourself. Word. Only because um, motherfuckers be hating, so I like to keep yeah, it to Yeah, yeah, no, I, and I, um, <laughs> it's funny because, like, I, I do a lot of that sort of stuff, but it, I keep it all to myself because I'm just, like, and, and it's some insecurity shit that, like, like, I don't want to seem gay. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm always trying to manifest dick. So that. <laughs> Wait, do you know who I'd really like to manifest on the screen? Who? The, the ladies of Woke. I know we should manifest them right now. So we're very excited. We have Shaloma and Pat, the ladies of Woke. You all have met them before. This WOCC, Women of Color in Cannabis. We love these ladies. We've been doing a lot of work with them. Actually, now, IRL. And now, we're going to bring them to you virtually. Virtual. 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 Um, and we're going to talk about some upcoming stuff we actually have. Yay, candy corn. Happy Hollows Eve weenie ish, sort of, but not really the month of. <laughs> Shaloma, Pat, how are we guys? I think you're muted, Pat. There we go. I sure enough was. So my ha Happy Halloween -y sure went over very silently. Hi, guys. Hello. <laughs> Before we get started, can you guys reintroduce yourselves? We haven't been here in a while. So can you both just introduce yourselves individually and who you are and what woke is? Okay, so I'll yes, start. I'm Pat, and I am the nude Ooh. Yeah. So Here we I'm are. Pat, okay. I am the co-founder of Women of Color and Cannabis, and the beautiful um, lady on the other side is Shaloma. Shaloma, take it. Hello. Uh, hey, everyone. Um, yeah, so my name is Shaloma Orlo, whichever one works for you, floats your boat. Um, and I'm also co-founder of Women of Color in Cannabis. So that's W-O-C-C -C, pronounced woke. Uh, we are a 501c3. Uh, that's just a really nice way to say that you can give us money and get it back on your taxes. Um, so we are a nonprofit organization. <laughs> Any support you give us is greatly appreciated. Um, and our goal is really simple. We want to create safe spaces uh, for women of color and other marginalized groups to get into cannabis, to network with like-minded individuals, um, to ask questions they may be scared to ask in other rooms, and to just get access to much-needed information um, and making sure that we're always prioritizing women of color um, and disadvantaged voices because those voices matter, especially in cannabis. Yes, we love to see it, sis. Shaloma, can I ask up top? So... We've, we've talked about this before, but I don't know if we talked about it so much in the last episode. What has happened in the past with legalization in different states as far as the racial bre breakdown of who was getting licenses, who was able to find funding for stuff, who was included in the legalization process, and why is it so important in New York for y'all's work to uh, come to fruition? Yes. Um, long question. And I think it's a lot of questions in there and I'm going to try to answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try to answer all of them. Um, so what we saw, I guess, if we're talking about generalities, like the broad strokes, um, very white, very male dominated. Um, 
it's very much a who you know, right? So like other industries. So you were seeing a lot of people who came from finance industries, a lot of people who probably came from advertising, a lot of people who came from wealthier families um, mm-hmm. who were able to do that kind of mom and pop. And yeah, my best friend gave me 10,000 because she believes in my dreams. Um, so you were seeing that like all over, right? California, you were seeing that in Colorado. Um, but what you also saw in California were barriers to entry in the cannabis industry for people who damn sure needed to be involved, right? So that's people of color, that's predominantly black folks and the Latin community. And what you were saying, what you were seeing was, okay, even if, um, you know, it's legal now, we mean recreationally, because a lot of states have a medical um, program, felons couldn't participate in the industry. So if you had a felony cannabis uh, record or um, uh, instance on your criminal record, you were not able to participate in the legal California market. So the very thing that made you probably eligible for housing, for a bank loan, you know, to to get a great credit so that you can even get a car. Um, The very thing that prevented you from moving forward in life is now a billion dollar industry that you cannot enter, even though you have the most on the job experience, which I find. Right. There's anyone who would be well equipped to answering the question, speaking to customer needs, um, understanding growth cycle. It would be this population instead of, you know, giving them the opportunity to secure financial freedom for themselves. They're in jail or they're still dealing with the record. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. So why we're really excited about New York is because they will allow um, and it's certain it's, it's really complicated, but what law isn't, right? Um, but you can participate in the cannabis market if you did have a um, previous criminal record specifically for cannabis. So that's something different in New York that we're not seeing, that we haven't saw um, in other in other um, states. Uh, another good thing about the New York bill is there is protection for um, native communities. So they can actually own and operate their own cultivation. They can sell their own products. They don't have to be, it doesn't have to be a closed system where they're only allowed to sell and grow to other native populations. Like they can enter the larger New York state market, which is obviously great financial opportunities um, for them outside of uh, cannabis and tobacco. Right. Um, not cannabis, I'm sorry, casinos and tobacco. Um, so New York has the potential to be an example for, you know, states that's been legal for a while, like California and Denver, but also kind of set the stage for newer states like New Jersey that's, you know, still a little troubled over there. There's been a lot of delays in licensing. And kind of the messed up part about it is if you want to open a dispensary, for example, you have to own that property. You have to say, I own this place that I'm going to open a dispensary. How many black and brown folks do we know that own property? How many do we know that can afford to pay rent? Definitely, because you may not win the license, right? If you do win the license, uh, how long is it going to take until you open up shop, right? So you're paying this monthly rent until your money runs out or you can open for business. So that's New Jersey. Um, But we're hoping that New York can really, like I said, be a really good case study for New Jersey, for Virginia, and for other states that are having the conversation, Mexico, and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, do, you, do you feel like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, I definitely feel like um, the New York State bill um, really 
surpassed a lot of states because we repealed the um, penal law 221.05, right? Which was, which is what is on all cannabis convictions. So if you've been arrested for cannabis in New York, that's being retrieved from the database. And so that won't appear anymore. So I think that we're way ahead of the game. Mm. Does it look like other states that are starting the legalization process are emulating that, the expunging? I believe that the advocates, um, mm-hmm. advocates are, are emulating it. They're more, I'm sorry. Hey. Go ahead, guys. Give me a minute. Okay. okay. Right. <laughs> um, sorry about that, guys. We, Pat, Pat is joining us from Barnes & Noble. Um, live on location live on location yeah (laughs) so Um, this feels almost intentional that the way that this has been rolled out and set up almost as if let's keep let's keep wealth white and let's keep these people out of having access to this now legalized source of income yeah well i mean when Um, i go to when i go to oh sorry shalama no 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 saving When I go to Denver, I run into so many burly white dudes in Carhartt jackets Mm -hmm. that talk about moving to Colorado for the weed industry like people in 1849 must have talked about the gold rush. Like they it's just like, you know, it's always the same story. Like, you know, I was just doing I was a mechanic or I was just uh, plumbing. Like it was a lot of people with just like very like blue collar jobs that just showed up. And since they didn't have the criminal record, they were allowed to get on in and maybe they uncle's friend knew a guy or something like that. But it was always a white burly dude in a Carhartt jacket. telling me about how he has made it in the cannabis industry. Recognized so much, so much wealth. Um, yeah, but even think about what you said. He was able to move. Yeah. Just so flippantly. Like sure. people don't think about, you know, even down to something as minute as just, oh, I'm just going to move for opportunities. No, a lot of people of color, a lot of people in, mm-hmm. you know, in lower socioeconomic communities. No, if I do not have a job secured with a start date, I am not moving. I can't. Yeah, you can't move. <laughs> concept to me. You know, a lot of people in our communities are parents. So you're thinking about uprooting a child as well. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so even being able to say something like, yeah, I just moved here from whatever because I thought this was the right thing to do. Like a lot of people in my community would have loved to move to California 10 years ago. But do they necessarily have the financial wherewithal to be able to do that? Um, we don't. Sure. Not often. Sure. Yep. True, true, true. Um, what were you going to finish saying, Pat, before? Girl, Bob, all the weed I smoked. And the amount of time it took me to get back on camera. I don't even remember. <laughs> that might as well have happened 20 years ago. <laughs> I could tell you that shit. Let's talk about our event. We have an event coming up with you guys. We're super excited about. Hell yes. On the 28th, October 28th, we got a show with Woke. um, Live comedy show. We got uh, food vendors, weed vendors. We've got. Am I allowed to say that part? I think I'm allowed to say that part. You are definitely the food vendor. Because when she said before about your taste buds, oh, my God. 
Yeah, I doubt it. We got a bunch of Jamaican food coming in. Yes. I'm going to eat this time because I never eat. Neither do I, but I'm excited for this vendor as well. Like Jamaican food and Pat said it's really good. So like, I'm actually like, okay, like I'm looking forward to Will this. Will there be oxtails? That's why I'm sorry, what? There better be. Okay, yeah, I hear Jamaican food and I'm like oxtails and I need some uh, sort of peas like somewhere in here. Yes, <laughs> some kind of a rice in the vicinity, yeah. a gravy somewhere. That Don't play with me. Good. Like, let's make it happen. There's this, this, uh, Mama Chang's kitchen. There's this Jamaican joint like a block away from my apartment and I've been eating patties and iced coffee every morning. You're going to die in a week. Yeah, that's 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 my <laughs> Wait, I mean, but okay, look, if my choice is bacon, egg and cheese from a bodega or mm. These, but the patties, they're not beef patties. It's like kale, kale patties, Cataloo. Um, they've got the a bunch of- patties are bomb. No, they sell them, but lie. which ones are you eating, Stephen? Which ones are you really Those eating? Those are the ones I'm eating. Yeah. I'm not, okay, okay. No, it's like, it's like some Jamaican juice bar. So it's like, um, you know, they got green juice and like a kale patty. Hold on, let's rewind. How many patties are you eating, Stephen? Because I'm, I'm sure it's not a singular patty situation. Well, I'm sure you're doubling up. I I'm eat. sure there's a chicken one or a beef one. There's a meat <laughs> one and a veggie one. Let's tell the truth and shame the devil. I eat eat one patty and then I have a couple more patties. I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know why I have to, I'm just telling one part of the story. I'm not telling you the complete story. Okay. We appreciate but, the truth. Um, love me some Jamaican food. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we got the show going on at Unruly Collective, uh, spot in Bushwick that um, it's artsy. We got 420 friendly show going on and we're supporting a wonderful cause. So if you're listening to this and you're in Brooklyn or you're in New York, come the hell through. Yeah, even if you're not in Brooklyn, if you're in Jersey, if you're in Philly, you want to have a good time, make the drive, get a hotel room or get a little Airbnb or just drive up. It's an early show, eight o'clock. Your, your bag, your ticket comes with a 420 goodie bag. Exactly. Comes with a 420 goodie bag. And, and we have comics. We have Kason Wilson out of L.A. We have D'Lo also out of L.A. We have uh, Jay Monet out of New York. And we have my favorite, Eric Newman, who I work with at The Cellar. He's also recording his special um, on the 26th and 27th, I think it is, at The Cellar hilarious from the front to the back i'm very excited for this lineup yeah it'll be so, good to see case on too case on's good people he just started writing with john stewart yeah uh, he just started writing for the john stewart show but this is a homie from from dc so we've known this dude for a while yeah, yeah the comics have been amazing at all of the yeah. um the shows that you guys have put on they have been amazing so we're really oh excellent yeah. it's been a yes. good time it's well the, i'm gonna say they're not mandatory i want to say that but they are highly highly encouraged yeah. <laughs> again I said costumes are not mandatory for the show next oh. week, but they're highly encouraged. I oh, might yeah. wear my unicorn onesie. That might happen. Please. Please. Yeah, I had I'm all thinking. of my clothes thrown out of my, my closet, which had Halloween costumes in uh, there. So now I've just got to do what I usually do on Halloween is just put a bunch of random clothes together. And then when people ask, just make up a different. Uh, just wear flannel. Flannel. Oh, just wear clear flannel. <laughs> and then what? And then and what? Then, am and I? then you're an insurrectionist. <laughs> oh, got it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'll get a polo shirt and a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then wear a tag. Yeah, wear wear a name tag that says one of the bad ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That's actually hilarious. Or or could read. Do you know who my father is? Like either yeah. either one would be good. QR code his his LinkedIn. <laughs> but yeah, we've got. Uh, this show has been very fun and it's been so fun working with you guys. And it's the, kind of this thing that uh, Frankie and I talk about, but like there are so many causes that we find so important to keep the world moving forward in the right direction. And it's just very nice to be able to be a part of uh, what y'all are doing and the work that y'all are doing. And just, you know, it's funny because um, we did this show a couple weeks ago where it was this called the clean Bushwick initiative and they're doing all this stuff to clean up Bushwick. And then this other guy, mm -hmm. he runs this uh, fundraising ticketing platform. Then this other guy, uh, he creates uh, reusable cups to take cups out of the waste stream and all this stuff. And you start announcing all these people and then you're just like, and I tell dick jokes. And so, <laughs> and so I think I'm contributing in my own way, but um, <laughs> It is cool to just kind of bring people together and uh, support the work that y'all are doing. Well, we appreciate that. Um, and, and so like, definitely Lo, you want to talk to them about what we have um, going on just with woke outside of um, the comedy show. Yeah, yeah please. please. <laughs> Come on. We want to know all the new endeavors, girl. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've been super busy. So we're, you know, right now we, we, we kind of do our thing every, um, what is it, the second Saturday of the month and the last Saturday of the month. We have like informational sessions, depending on if you want to be employed, if you want to start a business, because um, those are two different things and not everybody wants to start a business. So uh, we want to provide information to those people who are seeking employment. Wouldn't mind being a bud tender, a lawyer, uh, you know, working in a lab. You, did you say a bud tender? Yes, that's what we call them. <laughs> oh, that's an amazing name. I'm a bud tender. Okay, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I love it too. Um, so we have all this content and we really wanted to make sure that our community has access to it. So we are exploring accreditation. So actually um, being able to offer to people who either take our courses or we're partnering with some higher education institutions to kind of push the content out. So maybe there'll be a actual woke course coming to a university. Hey, hey um, yo, that's so, huge. Yeah, so we're definitely, we've been working on that. Um, and then- Hold also, on, Shalama, I'm gonna stop you right there. Don't say maybe. There will, be, will, yeah, there will be, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. We talking there manifestation. Wait, yes. what is that? What does that look like? Like you, like do you have like a curriculum that? What does that look like? Yeah, so that's literally what we're doing right now, building that out. Um, because we have so much content, it's different content. Like we have our two-hour, you know, uh, recordings, but we also have like power, like forty-three slide PowerPoint presentations that we put together. We have like one sheeters, so it's literally working with an institution, which is what we're currently doing to say, how are we going to do this thing? Are we internally going to create a course and it's going to be a one credit, two credit, three credit, or uh, are we going to leverage our content into the courses they currently have? Um, because it might not be the most up-to-date or they're not answering all the questions that we found that our community had. Um, so it could look a variety of ways, which is what we're exploring. Um, but nonetheless, like Frankie said, we're going to figure out how we're going to do it and it's going to happen. Um, and we're very yeah. excited about it. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I'm so excited for you guys. Congratulations. That's really, yes. really huge. Yes, yeah. thank you. Let's, and I guess um, the thing I'm most excited about, um, and we really had it, we haven't mentioned it to really anyone, so I guess this is the appropriate time to mention it. Oh my it. God, yes. Okay, I love being in on secrets. I don't know if there's an exclusive button, but exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> another one. Exclusive and another one. Okay, we're ready. Um, so, you know, when Pat and I started this journey, we were very... I would say tunnel vision, right? We had our blinders on and what we were trying to do and who we were trying to help, right? So we're having the very community-faced discussion, right? Arming people with information, answering their questions, increasing their skill sets, mm -hmm. um, teaching them things like transferable skills, right? And after three years, we realized like cannabis businesses suck. Like actual businesses, like these MSOs, like they freaking suck and they're like lost in the sauce. They have no idea how to actually treat you know, black and brown communities, LGBT, yeah. LGBTQ, I got it. It's all good. I got it. I care about it a lot, so I'm getting really spirited. Um, but they really don't care about these communities and they have no idea how to talk to us, how to mm -hmm. treat us. When there's instances of, you know, uh, on-work uh, on violence, whether it's verbal, physical, there's no escalation plan. Nope. You know, there are dedicated HR departments. There are not DEI departments. It's a DEI person which is crazy as a concept that one person can be in charge of making sure that an entire company is uh, respectful and uplifting of minorities. So and how, how big decided, are these companies you're talking about, Shlomo? Could you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Yeah, how big are these companies that you're talking about? Um, the sad part about it is it varies. I'm talking uh, MSO, which is a multi-state operator. So you have, okay. I'm not gonna drop any names, but you're in Chicago, you're, you know, you're in yeah. California, you're, you know, you're everywhere. And then you have maybe, you have two locations in your home state and you're looking to open a third. Your home state should happen to be Colorado and you're trying to move to New York. Maybe the business practices you employed in Colorado are not going to be the business practices you want to employ. Right, for sure. You probably shouldn't even be employing them in Colorado, to be honest, right? Right. Um, but we really realized that there is a, a lack of knowledge and guidance and you, you hear this about educate me, educate me, which is a little insulting because we're all adults, but Woke decided to say, you know what? Sure. We're going to educate you. Um, so we've been partnering with the institution out of Chicago, um, Illinois Equity Staffing, which is a Black female-owned staffing agency out of Chicago in the thick of it. Um, and we have been building out a training that we're going to offer to companies because it's like, if you want to be educated, then let's do that. Um, but by no means is it going to be a fun education. Like we're pulling no punches. We're talking about tokenism. We're talking about yeah. grabs in the battle mentality. We're talking about dangling, you know, coins in the minority community and having all of these social organizations feeling as if they have to fight amongst each, each other for funding. Um, we're talking about gatekeeping on both sides, you know, on, on the black community, but also among these cannabis companies. If you don't want to work with us and give us a stamp of approval, then we're not going to give you any money. We're not going to tell our friends to give you any money. And it's like, what's more important here? Saying that you are a friend to BIPOC communities and other marginalized groups or actually doing the work. And what we're right, right, right. Um, yep. And that's not OK. So we've been working on a training program for like six months. Um, we are finalizing it. We have virtual options and person options. We're doing Supreme Court cases. Yes. Um, it's going to be a lot. But we can you roll this out and just in general corporate America, because. <laughs> And it's funny, yeah, we've been hearing that because if you, you, I might share it with you, Frankie, because it's it's really in depth. Like it's 
I mean, seriously, I was physically assaulted by the president of HR at my last company that I worked. And I was terminated. And she still right now is working there. I ultimately got a settlement, like, you know, whatever. Um, I did, you know, not press charges, but I um, filed a suit against them and was awarded a settlement. But it's still like that didn't make it better. I don't feel better about it. I didn't like the fact that this older white woman could physically harm. She physically assaulted me. She hit me in the head with an item at work, like while I'm in my office, that's not a thing that I should be, that I should expect, that it should be okay, that I should, you know what I mean? But this company was a small company, very incestuous, and she was like employee number two or three, you know what I mean? So there was no day where she was going to lose her job. That wasn't even an option, you know what I mean? And so this is, it's important for people to have this information. This is, you can't treat people that way. It's not okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's just so bizarre that that's something that oftentimes isn't even on a person's radar. Well, I'm in a position of power, so I can I can do that, Mm -hmm. because if you don't listen to me, then I can also create consequences and issues for you that are long lasting. So I'm going to suggest that you do what, what you've been told. And that's not how power structures are supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's how it is in corporate America, right? And so mm-hmm. the goal is to now that because cannabis is such a new, is, is in its infancy, is for us to now come in here and actually lay the groundwork for what it yeah. really should look like as opposed to what it does look like, right? right. It's not, it should not be a pay-to-play um, situation. It should not be where you can actually pay for your your pay for the sign off to say that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. You need to be held accountable mm-hmm. and without accountability, nothing changes. Right. And you yeah, have so sure. many people who've left corporate America to come into the cannabis space and make this the exact same thing. And yeah, they're br- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Change. Cause they're bringing the same ideologies <laughs> and um, methods into the cannabis community, what they've left. And yeah, yeah, it's, um, sure. yeah, it's something that so Frankie and I have been putting together different like customized shows for companies, uh, mental health, all these like different topics. And we have people reaching out to talk about DEI and most of these really big companies, you just realize it is <clears throat> it is so much more difficult to take an existing structure and change it than it is to before the structures, you know, before the lava cools down to kind of mesh it into what it needs to be before they want to have conversations do they want to change that is the question and that's a thing that's yeah like what's what's shitty is i've been working with companies to improve their social impact for about seven years now and when i first started doing it's like what my master's is in and all this different stuff and a second um 51 minutes okay 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 Okay. 51 (laughs) for steven to tell us about his mba go ahead steven oh go fuck yourself Um, Does it usually take like time? Yeah, well, usually probably the longest is taken. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes if I don't mention it during the episode, right when we close out, Frankie will say her name, and I'll just tell them I have an MBA, and then. (laughs) (laughs) Busting his balls. Go ahead, Stephen. What I uh, there's a there's an MBA talking now, so let's. (laughs) 
Um, but uh, a lot of these projects, I would go into them and I would just have it in my head. I was like, yo, you guys say you want to make this social impact. You guys say you want to make this environmental impact. Here are a bunch of bullet points, like how y'all can do it. And they're just like, they'll like kind of flip the page over and be like, um, I don't see where it says we can make money doing this. And you're just like, well, you said you wanted to do this, this, and this. They're like, yeah, but only if it also makes us money. Like, we're not going to do it if it, if not. And it was this thing that was kind of a kick in the dick early in this process that I was like, oh, shit, like, everybody is just paying lip service, right? Like, yeah. like of, of the $50 billion that were committed to Black-oriented causes after George Floyd, I think $5 billion of them were actually paid out. Right. Like it just that it's it's just a lot of people. Um, it's just a lot of people just saying that, like, yeah, this this is what we want to do because it's great for marketing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you a hard question, bro. Yeah. yeah. Were you one of those people helping them pay lip service? Well, so the thing is, that makes what I've been trying to do so difficult is I won't allow that. But mm -hmm. I will also understand that those are the those are the criteria that are going to get the project passed through mm. so it makes it this much more difficult than diagram to get where you're like all right word this is and i always start with this is the social impact you can make this is how you can turn it into marketing collateral that can then get you financial uh because i know it will not get passed Mm -hmm. If it doesn't without make the financial element, right. well, I've, I've worked with Steven on a lot of these projects and we've been very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, very strict in terms of who we will work with. Yeah. Once it just sounds like you're just garbage and you're, your only mission, because a lot of people, they just want the visibility. They just want someone to co-sign and say, mm -hmm. Hey, check out these guys. They're right. great. You should work with them or buy their Which products. What so you get which is what's currently happening in the space, right? That's currently right. what happens, right? Exactly. We have gatekeepers exactly. who, say, who say that. It's and that's why Lois, like Frankie, she's going to sh share with you what work, woke works looks like, right? Yeah. Because it's very detailed and there is no opportunity for you to pretend that you're really doing this work. Right. And, yeah. and I feel like a lot of companies feel like, once they've sat at the table and had that conversation, oh, well, we've discussed it. So yeah. now we're one of the good ones. No, that's not how that works. Yeah. You know, even another, there's a group that we're working with that um, we're building out a real project for, hi, sweetheart, for uh, black women specifically, but really women, in color, women of color in general. Um, and it's a, it's a long project. It's, mm -hmm. uh, there, it's a large investment for them. Um, and, but it's important to me because I feel like you say you want to change your image. Uh, I'm happy to help you do that, but you need to really make an impact for black and brown women. Yes. You know, if, if that's what you want to do, like it's got to not only just let's change message, let's change the face, but also what, it, what are you doing? Like what, what, and this project has an active element where people can sponsor black and brown women in their health and wellness journey. Um, so, yeah, I, I was exciting. And, and I'm actually going to be talking to you guys, too, because there's there are elements for you to be a part of it. Because I want black women to be at the forefront in terms of like my therapist will be black doctors, mm -hmm. um, healers of all different kinds. And it's a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. And so weed is a big part of my healing for me. So absolutely we'll have you ladies, we'll talk offline about it, but we'll definitely have you ladies um, uh, have a big chunk, be a big, 
Okay. Yeah. Well, in, in going back to it, it's like, um, it is shitty that having the realization that like you have to keep that financial piece of the puzzle into it, but there are just all these like very, um, there are very easy talking points, right? Like, uh, black people on the whole, it, it, as far as like, again, if you're talking people as I don't like to do this, but sometimes you have to, when you're talking finances, when you're talking people statistically, right? Black people brand loyalty is huge, right? Like if you, if you actually are not paying lip service and you actually do make an effort to, 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 to do the work necessary to win, to win over black people, like the, the brand loyalty is huge. Right. And like, that means you have a customer base that's going to go with you into the future. And so there's like all these like talking points that I never had in the forefront of the conversation, but then you would start to be like, okay, well, if yes, you can do this work and look like you're doing this work. I don't want to be a part of that project, but if you mm. actually do the work, you do have a lot of financial. Yeah, it's a huge benefit. I think yeah. mainly because black people, what's the phrase? We keep it real. So if we sure. fuck with you, <laughs> sure. if we, yeah, fuck we fuck with, with you, we fuck with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm talking about 10 toes down. You know what I yeah. mean? Like we will rock with you yeah, all yeah. the way up the street. And bigger than that, you can't say nothing about insert brand we fuck with. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> True. <laughs> we will throw hands over a yeah. brand that we're loyal to. Like, no, yeah. they, they have our back. Uh uh, we yeah. fuck with blah, blah, insert that brand. Mm -hmm. And so. Yes, OJ Simpson. <laughs> 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 for example, for I'm example, Crown Royal, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd rather an OJ, OJ reference than an R. Kelly reference because that one's just. <laughs> but seriously, though, but but it's true. R. Kelly is actually an example. Bill Cosby is actually an example mm -hmm. of. Because the things that we have that we hold dear are so few yeah. and far between. We don't have a lot of representation. We don't have a lot of brands that are loyal to us. And so when we find those things, a lot of times we will forgive their misgivings and, you know, their bad points to rock with them because it's like, well, you know what? They were with us when we didn't have anybody else. You know what I mean? So right. there is, hey, companies out there watching that have billions of dollars just like sitting somewhere waiting to find uh, mm -hmm. causes or black people or other people of color to help. Give the money to us. Hello. We'll help you. <laughs> yeah, we'll make we'll some. <laughs> no, but seriously, we'll. we'll if not I can circle back to like what uh, you guys were talking about, that's what's. If there was one barrier to Woke's development and scalability, mm. it's literally that. Um, we've had people come to us and say, oh, my God, women of color and cannabis, you're checking all the boxes. Uh, that. And that's a red flag. You're checking all the boxes. Hello. Right. And the, the fact that you would say it to our faces like that, and then we're like, okay, did you take a look at our website or Instagram? Do you have any idea what we do? Not really, but it says women of color and cannabis. I mean, win-win. And it's just like, we've had Ugh. to walk away from major donations. We had to walk away from brand partnerships and getting our events sponsored and, you know, all the things that you would think we'd be really excited about because it's it became plainly obvious people wanted to use us as a front to doing the work, you know, Gross. we give you money, but can you put our flyer all over the right. place? Uh, can you tell people that we're doing the work and we're not going to do that. There is no woke stamp. Yeah. Just tell, tell people we're doing it. No. 
So yeah, it's literally crazy in, in cannabis. And you, like you guys said, a lot of lip service, a lot of saying that they're doing things, yeah. but none of the actual um, real work to change their company culture to actually take DEI seriously and not just, you know, one little position that you make in your company that has no real power on how money is spent, on changing, hiring and firing, on building out an HR program. Like it's just uh, very obvious what their intentions are and woke we, we kind of refuse to be used in that way. And if it takes us a, a little bit longer to get where we're going, that's fine because we're still helping our community along the way. Yeah. And all we really set out to do in the beginning anyway. Well, that, I mean, that's similar to the way that I've run my career just as a comedian. There, there are places and people that I'm just not going to work with um, because they're trash. Mm-hmm. And I've burnt a lot, burned a lot of bridges, literally, literally just like, Oh, that's the bridge. Gas, torch, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's not, it's not because I don't have respect for myself or my career, but I don't want to ever cross that bridge. I'm mm-hmm. good on crossing that bridge. I'd rather, we know, we know what that's like. Yeah. yeah. I'd rather just walk the long way around. Yeah. I'm still going to get to the other side. It's just going to yeah. be a longer walk. And once I get there, I'm not beholden to anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, well, and, it's and, a yeah. conversation that we were having last week is that um, there's a potential that, Frankie and I might start getting a big influx of companies that all want to, you know, use what we're doing to show their social impact and all this stuff. And it's difficult now, especially because it's like, we're not exactly rolling around in cash, you know? So it's like anybody offering you money, you're just like, fuck, I want to take that money. I just, I really, I really want to. But sometimes you're like, well, I feel like a whore when I'm done. (laughs) Right. And then it's also, it's like, also, it's like, okay, now you're in bed with, corporation x and mm-hmm. now you've got that money and now that that financial it's like it's like having sex with somebody that you shouldn't have sex with uh but you're just like you know afterwards yeah. you roll over and you're just like you're like I, ah i did it again yeah, really, exactly <laughs> damn it yeah and you I will see say- that a lot in, in cannabis it's and it's not even like for example like we work with a company we take the money everything's fine you find out that person was like sexually assaulting his employees right and then everyone looks at you and like but you took their money and right. it's like ah you know we're not even trying yeah. to have that conversation because we know there are so many skeletons in a lot of these these companies closets you know there have been already two supreme court cases on sexual harassment in cannabis and it's such a new market but like literally it's happening right we're seeing yeah. uh embezzlement happening we're seeing like oh, such sure. large scale things in these companies um people being fired for things out of their control such as you hired me knowing I'd have to do a background check. I've been on the job for three to four months. I'm actually due for a promotion and a pay increase. Mm -hmm. And then you decide to run whatever background check and then you fire me. And and now I'm, I'm in fear of being homeless because you took three to four months to do your job. And now I'm the one suffering. Legally, what do we tell that person? Right. So there's so much shit going on in cannabis that we're just like, yeah, if we don't feel the overwhelming sense that you actually care about black and brown communities and disadvantaged groups, then we're not even having the conversation at this point. And if you want to have a conversation, take a motherfucking training, 
internalize said training and change your company culture and find this in two to three years because i think it takes about two to three years to have a real company culture shift you can't just fire oh it does absolutely absolutely takes two to three years the ground on the boots and and you can't just say oh we got rid of the cfo yeah but he hired the ceo and the coo and the tto and the cio so yeah you got rid of him but what about everyone right right? that's exactly right those dudes are still on a group text Right, right, right. Going on day to day, he's actually happy because now he's with his family or his mistress, and he's living a hell of a life, right? No, we we don't want. I will. I will say that just in the short amount of time that I've been doing this work, I am finding with increasing frequency that I'm talking to. There's, there's this one fucking multi-billion-dollar corporation that we talk to a lot that we're trying to get this big project going, and my point of contact he's very cognizant of the fact that like, this is an old ass company that does shit old ways and I'm doing my best to chip away at it. You know, he's like, he's like, but I just knew that my best way to make a difference was to go into one of these old school, old head spots and just start chipping away at what's inside there. He's like, but it's, it's, you know, it's depressing because every time you chip away, you just find more and more, but I am finding with more frequency that the bigger companies that I'm talking to, there's more people that are slowly getting implanted that do have a better way of doing things and ideas that can really start to flesh some of that stuff out. But it is just some of these big ass corporations, you know, they, they span a hundred countries, you know, like it's, it's very difficult for a single person or for any single movement even to just topple over a whole company. But it is something that, on the optimistic side, I am starting to see more and more of those people implanted in, in positions of power. Yeah. On um, that note. Yeah, we're I, at the end of the show, guys. <laughs> I don't even know how we got here so quick. Um, it's always a pleasure talking to you guys. Uh, you guys Sean, Pat, do. do you guys have anything that, uh, where can people follow you? Where can people do, yes. have the biggest impact and help you guys the most? Yeah, so follow us on Instagram at underscore, 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 it's Halloween. Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Underscore W-O-C-C. Visit our website, which is W-O-C-C.world, so dot W-O-R-L-D. And there you can find all of our resources for free. You can um, access our Canna Careers site, which is all about employment. So if you want to get a job in cannabis and um, should definitely be interested if you're in New York State, because job market is going to open up within the next one to two years um, across all industries. Well, vertices, I should say. So that's manufacturing, that's packaging, that's cultivation, that's retail operations. So this is the time to kind of really build out your skill set if you're looking to be employed. So access all that free resource at W-O-C um and we're having a session this saturday it's called entrepreneurship do's and don'ts and it's like a lot of people who are getting into the cannabis industry and i'll keep it quick are going to be first-time business owners this is your time to learn about business before jumping headfirst into cannabis because those are two different things if you've never written a business plan a pitch deck if you've never you know checked your credit or gotten a business line of credit you might need to know those things because it might change how you see yourself in cannabis if you're not a person who's into regulations you may not want to go the cultivation Mm -hmm. route so we're having entrepreneurs entrepreneurship do's and don'ts just to teach you the business basics and then we're having our awesome comedy show next week thursday with frankie and steven and all the great comics and that's going to be doors open at 7 30 show starts at 8 like we said 420 goodie bags for 20 friendly space if you know what i mean uh we will have food vendors and flower vendors and i think that's about it right yeah 
think All right, and then when when was that entrepreneurship workshop what time so or that's what this saturday from 2 to 4 p.m and all of uh woke sessions are 100 percent free so if you go to oh, our awesome. instagram yes you can rsvp using the eventbrite link in our bio and yeah it's 100 percent free it's 2 to 4 p.m and you're going to walk away with a one sheet downloader of all the high concepts but you can also find um all of the presentation and the two hour uh recording on our site as well Awesome. Love it. And that's where right, you don't. Guys. Huh? What did you say, Pat? And that's where you make donations. Oh, yes. Oh, and boom. Yes. Because I never, I never act, but we are a 501c3, uh, you know, corporation, which basically means if you donate to us, you get 60% of your donation amount back to you in taxes. So it's actually really preferential for you uh, to help us in our mission. A hundred percent of our proceeds go towards our mission. For example, we always have a person of color who leads these informational sessions and we pay them because if we're asking them to share our expertise, one thing we see a lot amongst the uh, people of color is not getting paid our worth. We're consistently asking for discounts or just do it for the love. And we don't want to be another- Do it for the culture. I'm trying to do it. I need my pockets full too. And with the culture. Hello. Uh, so Pat and I don't pay ourselves, but we pay our speakers. We pay people who help us with our mission. We pay the comics for the show because it's really important to us to uplift our community. Yeah. It takes a little bit longer for me and Pat to get paid. We're okay with that. <laughs> awesome. I love it, you guys. Love you both. We're very excited to see you on the 28th. Yes. I have been Frankie French. And I am Stephen Campbell. And you have been watching The Nonprofits. Hey, go like, share, subscribe. Tell the people to tell the people. Go Um, tell it on the mountain. Love you guys. Bye. Bye, guys. I love that candy corn exit. I know, right? (laughs)